Welcome to Nursing Sound Reports, a podcast offered by the Iowa Board of Nursing. I'm your host, Ann Ryan. Thank you for joining me. Today, we are talking to Diane Burkert, Health Professions Investigator with the Iowa Board of Nursing. She has been with the board for 12 years and has been a licensed RN for 45 years, primarily working in the area of pediatric home care. Today, she's going to help walk us through the board's rules regarding maintaining professional relationships with patients and families. Welcome, Diane. Thank you. Diane, can you help me define what we mean when we talk about professional relationships and boundaries? Sure, Anne. This is the type of relationships we have and the behavior we exhibit when we are caring and interacting with patients and their families, which is different from how a nurse would act around their own friends and family. And why does this need to be different? The type of relationship needs to be different because the nurses have authority in the relationship since they have access to private information, medications, treatments, and in some instances, access to a provider. And whose responsibility is it to maintain professional boundaries? It is the nurse's responsibility to establish, maintain, and communicate the boundary and make sure they are acting and behaving in the best interest of the patient. And why do nurses have to maintain appropriate boundaries? Well, there are a few reasons why. The first reason is that it's the law. The board's rules in Iowa Code 655, 6.2.4, subset E, which pertains to the RN, and 655, 6.3.7, subset F, which pertains to the LPN and reads that a nurse shall act as an advocate for the patient by maintaining appropriate professional boundaries. And is there another reason? It is for the protection of the patient. Patients are in our care, are in a vulnerable state. Anything we do and say needs to be for the benefit of the patient, not the nurse. Diane, I want to highlight something that you just said. You said for the benefit of the patient, not the nurse. Yes, that statement is a good rule of thumb to apply to situations to put a check on ourselves as nurses. And how does one determine where the line is between a therapeutic relationship and a boundary violation? Well, for example, a patient might struggle with a diagnosis or condition and confides in the nurse. The nurse, in turn, shares a story from his or her own life to build trust and relate to the patient. When this is done in a therapeutic way, this interaction can build trust and help the patient feel that they are cared for. Using the cues that the patient responds with can be a good gauge for knowing if you are crossing the line. For instance, if a patient tries to comfort the nurse or offer solutions to their problem, that could be a sign the nurse has gone too far and may want to bring the conversation back to the needs of the patient. So Diane, it sounds like you're saying that if the nurse benefits from the interaction, that could be a boundary crossing. Yes, yes, that's right. And when does a situation change then into a boundary violation? Well, if the interaction leads the nurse to take from the patient, that may be a violation. This could include taking money, property, or emotional support. Another sign is if the roles between the nurse and patient reverse. That could be a violation. 
The National Council of State Boards of Nursing has a great way to explain this. They say it can be illustrated on a continuum of professional behavior. The two ends are under and over involvement, and the center is the therapeutic nurse-patient relationship. Can you give us some examples of how to put that into practice? Well, one example is if a nurse brings their child on a home care visit because they don't have child care and then proceeds to share frustrations related to their situation. That sounds like a possible boundary crossing. Yes, it could be viewed as one, among many other possible violations. A boundary crossing can be thought of as a gray area that can lead to a violation. This example could go a step further if the patient offers to watch the child while they go on other visits and the nurse accepts the offer. This could be viewed as a boundary violation. Both variations of this situation could be reported and be subject to an investigation. Diane, let's talk about one of the most serious violations, which would be sexual misconduct. What does the board say about that? Well, the board rules, Iowa Code 655, 4.6, parents 5, subrule that describes several activities that could be considered violation and includes sexual conduct, exhibiting behavior, making lewd or seductive comments, or engaging in a sexual, emotional, social, or business relationship with a patient. Do these rules only apply to current patients? They apply to family members of the patient and former patients as well. Can you give us an example? Yes. An example could be that a nurse meets a patient or a patient's family member in the professional setting, and then a patient asks the nurse out on a date. The nurse accepts, and they develop a romantic relationship. This would be considered a violation and should be reported to the board. And Diane, couldn't this go the other way around, meaning that a nurse would ask a patient? out on a date. Absolutely. And if if they develop a romantic relationship, a romantic relationship is different than a therapeutic patient-nurse relationship. The relationship between the patient and the nurse is always supposed to be therapeutic, meaning it only meets the needs of the patient. It is never to meet the needs of the nurse. Okay, that clarifies it very well, Diane. Diane, what does one do if they sense they might be crossing over a boundary? I think it's important to remember that it's always the nurse's responsibility to establish, maintain, and communicate that boundary and make sure that they are acting or behaving in the best interest of the patient. That may need to be done several different times. The first thing to do should something occur is to gently and subtly refocus back on the needs of the patients. But if that doesn't work, the nurse might need to be a little bit more direct while also being respectful of the patient and allowing the relationship to return back to the nurse-patient therapeutic relationship. A nurse can also ask a supervisor to help navigate out of a situation and plan out what the next step should be. Diane, what happens if there has been a suspected boundary violation? A suspected violation should be reported to the board, and there would be an investigation. And the board has seen instances where 
nurses and patients have been involved in romantic relationships, or a nurse has asked a patient for money or a patient has offered money, but in either way, the nurse might have accepted it. At the conclusion, the board determines if a violation of any rules occurred and what disciplinary action is appropriate. Diane, thank you for helping define boundary crossings and clarifying some potential violations. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. If anyone has questions regarding the board's disciplinary process, I encourage you to listen to episode 11 on enforcement or check the board's website at nursing.iowa.gov. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Amazon and check out our show notes for reference citations. Thank you.